Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don Cherry proves it. Eventually, everyone does a podcast. It's your Yahoo Sports Canada Daily Podcast for Tuesday, November 19th. But first, sports. Good morning, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. It's a Maple Leafs game night tonight. I'll be talking to Arun Srinivasan in just a moment to cut through all the drama that continues to permeate through the team. Plus, the Raptors return home after a five-game road trip to great success back in the Scotiabank Arena. And we welcome the new class into the Hockey Hall of Fame. But first, the Toronto Maple Leafs losers of five straight are in Vegas tonight to take on the Golden Knights. It's a matchup. I guess a team in a very similar spot in the standings to them, as a matter of fact. The Maple Leafs 9-9-5, while Vegas 10-9-3. So, just one point between the two teams. Of course, the difference in Toronto. The sky is falling 22 games into the season. On Monday, Mike Babcock had to field a few questions about the team's struggles and his own concerns about his own job. And he gave a very Mike Babcock answer about how Mike Babcock thinks about Mike Babcock. You know, not really, I'm in a pretty good spot in my life. You know, my kids are growing. If my kids were young, I'd never coach in Toronto. Okay? So in my spot, I don't spend a whole lot of time listening. But I do get text messages from people that, are, you know, are friends of yours. And they're sending you texts, well, they care about you. Well, I'm going to do it as hard as I can, as long as I can. And I've always bet on Mike Babcock. I'll continue to bet on him. Listen, nobody is saying it's easy to be a member of the Maple Leafs. This is how things go here. I mean, you can ask Tyson Berry. I'm sure he struggled before as a member of the Colorado Avalanche. I'm sure he had bad stretches, but the pressure after a few visible bad games into his Maple Leafs tenure brings up questions about his confidence and his usage. It is a different world when you're playing or coaching the Maple Leafs. It is, as always, a big deal under the microscope in Toronto. And this morning, Arun joins me now to help me look through that microscope. We will start with the weekend, a 6-1 loss to a Pittsburgh Penguins team that didn't have Sidney Crosby. Is that the rock bottom they needed to hit to flip things around here? It would have to be as close to rock bottom as possible. Um, you know, I think at the start of the year, there was this idea that, you know, we should look at at least with some sort of expectation management, right? And, you know, in, invariably, I think there's this idea that, oh, if the Leafs lose a couple of games, it's time to freak out. So I've been waiting so long to freak out, you know what I mean? But there just comes a point where, like, if you're in the bottom third percent when it comes to win percentage at the quarter market season, yeah, there's time to be worried. Yeah, it's getting close to rock bottom. And, yeah, the team is wildly underperforming. And I think at the start of the year, there's some catch-alls where it's like, oh, you can blame Frederick Anderson for slow start. Or you can blame the fact that the Leafs don't even have a backup goaltender in Michael Hutchinson and then Casimir Cassio. But it's not Cassio's fault for getting thrown into his first game and getting totally left out to dry by his team. It's a, it's an absolute mess right now. Mike Babcock had a quote on uh, Monday about betting on Mike Babcock. Are, do you bet on Mike Babcock the rest of the way to figure this out? 
I would really like to, but I, I don't. Just because, like, while having a track record is nice, it's like the era in which Babcock succeeded in the NHL, like, the game has changed since. You know what I mean? Like, 11 years, if you look at how hockey was played in 2008 and the way it's played in 2019, like, there's market differences. You know, it's a faster game, it's a more skill-oriented game, and I think where Babcock really struggles in his addresses to the media is that because he, he wants um, the trust that comes with his track record, but he himself is not um, transparent in any of his addresses, and that's the frustrating part. Like, Babcock likes to rely on these little tropes, like, well, you're not seeing what the coach is seeing. Well, what is the coach seeing? Like, you know, it's getting worrisome in the sense that you have one forward line that's working in the Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Andreas Janssen line, and then the one night where that line shows out, he's like, mm, but I think I played him too much. There's some sort of disconnect between how Babcock um, idealizes hockey and the way hockey's played in 2019. Uh, so if you could if you could come up with like a short term, whether it be player deployment or uh, some minor movement, uh, what would you like to see them do next in the, in the short term to get out of this sort of uh, five games funk and, and turning things around as they are on this long road trip? Well, unfortunately, Zoom, there's no real, like, sexy answer. Like, there's unfortunately, because of the lack of roster flexibility, there's no, like, well, the Leafs can trade for X disgruntled player and, you know, make it into Slash there. Or, you know, the Leafs can call up, you know, some star prospect that's just been sitting in the wings. Like, it's not that. I don't think there's any short-term fix. Honestly, like, it's a pretty simple idea in that they should play the Nylander line more. Um... William Nylander and Austin Matthews really are the only two forwards that seem to be driving any offense at this point. Um, if you want to look at the math, like their shot quality has been terrible. So it's like, hey, maybe like let's not try to run the offense through taking shots from the point all day. Like this antiquated offense isn't going to work, especially with the amount of skill. So maybe rely on the analytics team and be like, why is our shot creation so bad? Why is our shot quality so awful? Like I went on the actual staff today and it's like, hmm, at least are creating chances. But the quality chances they're creating are abysmal. Someone's got to look at that and be like, shooting from 25 feet out is going to get it done. The Maple Leafs, not the only thing on Saturdays that have been bad lately. Everyone knows by now, uh, Don Cherry dismissed last weekend. This weekend, it was Ron McClain issuing an apology about it. Now, we're a week and a half removed from sort of everything starting off in this whole cascade of events. How do you feel about everything that went into it and everything that has come out of it since then? Oh, man. Well... I've spoken extensively about this and written extensively about it. Um, coming into it, well, I mean, Cherry had to go. Um, and it had to be played out in the ugliest terms possible, unfortunately, because Cherry represented a certain brand of Canadiana to some people. You know what I mean? Like Don Cherry was so much larger than just Don Cherry itself. So his firing was always going to be played on the ugliest terms possible, but he had to go. Um, and I think we've spoken at length about that. I mean, he was, he was a national institution, but enough's enough, right? It was getting to the point for me that was just, like, uncomfortable to watch, man. Um, and he's gone. Like, John Terry, as I've said a few times this week, like, he was the avatar for hockey subtle and open racism, and it's true. And let's hope that the audience moves forward without him. Um, I think Ron, was in, this, in a way, was more shocking because you expect better from him. Turning the first um, intermission without Cherry into this kind of, like, weepy like myopic like let's feel bad for ron hour was like the wrong move entirely and look i, I get it like and i even wrote this like you have to understand the humanity of you know you've been friends with this guy 
for 34 years. You know, there's obviously a human element that goes into it. But using that national address to, you know, tell the viewing public that he loves Don Cherry twice and how Don's a friend to him and, you know, how, like, both the sport of hockey and the institution of Hockey Night Canada is going to be so irrevocably, like, different without him, then you're basically just rendering, like, everything you said before, like, moot. Like, he said that he listened to the viewers, but he turned into soliloquy about Don Cherry, and it was just a whole messy affair. And it's disappointing to see from the larger scope of hockey media just being like, bravo, Ron, for doing the bare minimum. Hmm. I don't know, and I think a lot of people want this to go away. Like, it's an ugly story. It's going to last a news cycle forever. And a lot of people have asked me, like, oh, it must be so frustrating for you for this Sylvia story. I'm like, well, at least it's like, the uglier side of hockey is coming out, out in the open. Right, because and, you, you wrote earlier in the year about sort of it not being a place for everybody yet, even though it touts itself as hockey for everybody. That's exactly it. Like, Dan Schell's diversity campaign is titled Hockey is for Everyone. Um, quickly, I don't want to belabor this point. The NHL put out a statement on uh, Don Cherry's remarks, and while well, I didn't feel like the league had to, but when they did, their statement said it would said nothing. So I was just kind of like, why even put a statement out at all if you're not going to say anything? And I think that's just it. Like the institutional hockey media just so wants their Ron and Don show to come back to life. Or if not, a reasonable like facsimile of it. And it's just not. Like we'll see what's going forward. Like I'm, I like to be an optimist and like to think that hockey is now inviting a wider, newer audience. But like we'll see, man. We'll see. Maple Leafs Golden Knights tonight from Vegas, 10 p.m. Eastern start time in that one. So you get your choice. You can either pretend it's not happening and go to bed or stay up late and bank on a watchable game. Last night at the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, the Raptors returned home from their own five-game road trip. And they found the Charlotte Hornets waiting for them at home. That, my friends, is a recipe for a total team win. The Raptors notched a franchise high with 40 assists as a team. They had seven players. Double figure scoring. They scored 72 points in the second half and they won 132 96. It was a career high 24 points for OG. He didn't even play the fourth quarter. He got elbowed in the eye again, but he was okay. Never in doubt, really, in this one. Not much to say other than totally dominant from wire to wire. The Raptors move to 9 and 4 on the season. They are fourth in the East. Up next for the Raptors. Another home game on Wednesday, a rematch from the first round of last season's playoffs. The Orlando Magic are in town. The Magic 6-7 and seven to start the season, coming off three straight wins. That game is Wednesday, as I said. Tip for that one just after 7.30. And lastly, the Hockey Hall of Fame. We talked about this yesterday with Ailish, uh, a little more about Haley Wickenheiser. But yesterday, officially... The Hockey Hall of Fame welcome the 2019 class of inductees. Guy Carboneau, Vaclav Nermansky, Sergei Zubov, Jim Rutherford, Jerry Rourke, and, as mentioned, Haley Wickenheiser were all enshrined in the hall. A very nice ceremony. Some wonderful speeches headlined by one of the greatest of all time in Wickenheiser. And she even found time for one last assist, giving Nermansky a chance to come back on stage and thank his wife and kids after he forgot to mention them in his speech. The ultimate team player... All the way down to the induction ceremony, Haley Wickenheiser. Now, her rightful place in hockey's Hall of Fame. And that is it for this morning's show. The Maple Leafs, as mentioned, back in action tonight in a late game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Toronto looking to get back in the win column after five straight L's. And I will be back tomorrow morning to talk about everything that happens today in the world of sports. But first, 
today has to happen. So we wait and talk again tomorrow. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Tuesday.